0: Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I am yet again excited to bring you a special guest. I am excited about the podcast. I love being here for you. I love being able to share these stories of amazing people that I've met. Um, so make sure that you subscribe to our channel so it'll show up easy for you. You just, you know, get the notice when it's a new one out um, and then share this episode. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. And I, I just already know because Abigail is extra special. So uh, Abigail,
1: if you will start with introducing yourself and we'll go from there. Yep, yeah, I'm Abigail. You can call me Abby. I, um, I've been an engineer for one year and about eight months and loving it, loving every minute of it. It's ever-changing, you know, and um, such a wonderful industry, and you make it, people like you make it just so much more wonderful. So, and I'm really happy to be here. I work at an EPC in Houston. That's an engineering procurement and construction company, and they were established in the late 60s, so well-established, and I work on rotating equipment. And that is what
0: this made me so happy. Oh, and you... Yeah. So I met you at EPIC, that is the Empowering Pump and Industry Conference, if y'all haven't heard of that yet. It's a our event. The first one we've done was last uh, November, uh, and we're doing it again November 14th and 15th in Georgia this year at the Water Tower. So I'm excited about that, but I was like, who is this lady and how is she working on rotating equipment? This is awesome. It's, it's literally the coolest thing for me, but I'm curious what makes it cool for you?
1: What makes it cool for me is well it never seems to stay the same right every every piece of equipment different every piece of equipment has a new requirement has a new quirk to it has a new specification um you're never bored and that's why I like it the most and that's why I think I get so excited but when you go to tell somebody who's not rotating equipment about it they're like whoa that's a lot you know and so it just keeps well- you occupied
0: Yeah. And I'll say, you will get used to that. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out that I've been in this industry for 20 years to tell somebody that you think maybe they don't understand pumps. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in the pump industry, you know, and they're like, wow, you're pumping up a bike. Like what, you know, they, they just all kinds of different scenarios, but you do get used to telling the story because it's important. And the work that you're doing is so important out in the industry. So how did you get into this? What, what made you pick this career path? Like Who were the influencers out there that thankfully got you into our industry?
1: Yeah, it was a journey I didn't see coming. And, you know, it wasn't like I was a little girl and saying, oh, I want to work, you know, as an engineer one day. It wasn't, it wasn't that love story. Right. Mm -hmm. So I grew up wanting to be a teacher or a singer or just, you know, it's something kind of more typical, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I graduated high school, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I decided not to go to school. So I sat as a receptionist, uh, a company, a pool company, and I'm like, this can't be it. It just can't be. So I had an aunt who graduated UH downtown uh, with geophysics. And she said, hey, just go to school. Just try a geology class. Try something. So I went and I tried geology. And I was like, you know, this is cool, but it's just rocks. Like, you right. can't get that excited. And so
0: I thought, let me, well, do I have something. to pause for, I have to pause for a second because yeah. you, my daughter, she gets so excited about rocks. There are so many different rocks in her pocket like yeah. growing up. So I, I, I think about rocks uh, all the time as like a career path for her, but it
1: doesn't mean that it's exciting for you. So continue yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I, I actually am so guilty of like, if I go somewhere, I pick up a rock <laughs> <laughs> see there's yeah. just something like, about it <laughs> yeah it's like oh this is like I remember where I got this and it's just so cool but I didn't want to make it like my whole whole life I just have a shelf in my home with all the rocks that's awesome so, yeah I decided to go for something I didn't have any idea I could do you know like reach for something you're like I might I might miss but I'm gonna at least try right So I tried for engineering and I thought, I've never been good at math. I don't know how I could swing this. Mm -hmm. Turns out it's not that hard if you apply yourself. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the hardest part. Math wasn't. It was just the endurance of um, the material, you know, like fluid mechanics and those kind of abstract classes. Turns out I loved it. I loved something I never thought that I could. Um, And yeah, the rest is history. Hopefully I can just keep on going in this path because I'm loving it. So, so did you graduate in mechanical engineering? Is that what you ended up with? Yes, mechanical engineering. And is
0: that, because I, of course, didn't, I didn't even know that engineering was a path that I could take, uh, you know, so I don't, I'm learning every story that y'all tell me, but how did you decide between the disciplines of that?
1: So that's funny. Um, Chemistry is on paper, you see these reactions happening and you're like, Is it really? And of course it is. Of course it is really. But electrical, same. You're like, okay, all this, all these currents and voltages. There can't see them. Of course you can get shocked by them. (laughs) You can feel them. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and feel them. But mechanical was something you could see. And so I thought it was pretty, pretty easy because I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I can see that happening. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I chose mechanical over the others. Even though the others are more abstract and more interesting, and honestly, to me, more difficult, mechanical was just my thing. I loved physics too. So well, I I love
0: that, and I I think that it's an inspiration to everyone, right, to go out there and try something new, see where you fit, what what really does connect with you, right? Because there's so many disciplines, there's so many. Um, I think about environmental engineering a lot because I I love to do a lot with water, and and I think well. At least be interested in that, right? Like, so you could study it and get better and knowledge if you were interested in it. So, uh, I think that was awesome. How courageous of you to jump out there and and look for something more.
1: Yeah, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, yeah, but I agree. Environmental is is pretty awesome too, because that resource needs to be, it's always there, you know, and gotta take care
0: of it. That's right. Yeah. Um,
1: Okay. So, about a year
0: and a half, you've been out in the workforce. Um, You know, I didn't ask you this question, but I'm so curious about how is it? Um, I want to ask, you know, what needs to change, but just give us a, like a little bit of uh, a young professional coming to the industry. What are you, what are you seeing? Where do you want hope that it goes? or, Or what are you excited about working on?
1: I'm excited about working on Pretty much. So I started in pumps. They kind of start you in pumps because they're a little bit cheaper in price than compressors and refrigeration systems. Um, so that's where we started. Um, maybe a couple grand for a pump, but, you know, as a compressor, it gets millions. So less damage you can do, you mess that's up, right? right. <laughs> so I started in pumps. Um, it's actually pretty rare for a new grad to come into an EPC as an engineering firm because you don't know what a pump is if you if you sat on it. Right. Like you come in from college and you see a pump on your on your system and it just takes water from one point or fluid from one point to the next. And you're like, I don't know what it does. It just works. Right. Mm -hmm. So you get here and you find, okay, there are like 200 components to this one little thing. Um, so that's where I started. And that's typically where I think most people uh, tend to start as a new grad if they get into an, an EPC. But where I would like to go is more compressors and more robust equipment that, I mean, really, really gets people's attention, you know, is in the refineries and the plants and whatever process you're in. I like the bigger and fatter, you know, so. Yes. Yeah. Well, we,
0: we have that, um, kind of with empowering pumps and equipment, it was because we wanted to understand what is outside of the pump and how do all these things work together. And, uh, Mm -hmm. with, with that, how do you learn that quickly for one, I feel like you just went in there, you dove in and you are learning all about this, uh, all these different pumps. Um, what resources did you look to, Uh, was it kind of the, the company provided that, or did you have to go through even more resources out there to learn those?
1: So we should never underestimate the power of Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a lot of Googling. Um, and then, honestly, what I did was if there was, you know, busy engineers that couldn't really answer all my questions, which they shouldn't be expected to. I looked at old jobs, uh, old requisitions, old uh, POs, old things that a vendor was literally providing at some point to us and we purchased it. It was good enough for us to purchase. So it's good enough for me to study. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at each component. I mean, cause there's 75, 120 pages for one quote. So wow. you're looking through and you're like, oh my gosh, so you've got Google up. you got your requisition or your, your, um, your PO up. You're mm-hmm. just Googling. What is this? What is this? What is this, right? You're just taking notes. Yeah. And YouTube, like learning what exactly this looks like in application and in process. So honestly Google's been my best friend. <laughs> so
0: it sounds like a lot of self-development there. Uh that taking that initiative to learn this just so you can kind of do your job better, quicker, um and kind of look to that next step, I guess.
1: Right, there is no quick way unfortunately. So when we get interns, they come into rotating equipment and they're almost bombarded. And they're they're like I don't know. We have it for three weeks only. So you can't just shove everything, you know, at them in three weeks. They're confused. But we try to just give them a broad exposure. But it, it's easier in other groups because there's more static processes, but rotating is just like we get excited. And so we're like, Hey, look at all this stuff. You know, it's like a dog, like, look at all this, look at all my toys, you know? So yeah. I still a- feel like
0: that. I'm not an engineer, uh, but I feel like that every time I'm around the equipment, I'm just like, this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I already hear kind of in your tone that you're helping new people come in. So is that part of your job or is that just kind of your nature?
1: I think my boss recognized it was my nature. And so it became, so part of my position as well. And there's a there's a pretty big gap in between ages in the industry. So there's 20 and 30 year olds, and then there's about to retire year olds, right? So when new grads are interested in this, um they almost feel maybe a little bit alone. And so they want people like me to say, hey, come alongside me as I learn too, because by no means have I finished learning. Mm-hmm. So uh, they teach me just as much as I teach them because they ask questions I never, never would have thought of. So, yeah, and I think that's
0: so good. Uh, we're all trying to figure out this, uh, the workforce and how we can educate everyone and taking willing people like you to, to be that bridge for, for us. I, I'm on the first millennial, the age of the first, you know, and I think I, you know, understand the first computer and how that we went through all of that. And and, and then I love technology and like a continuous improvement, I guess, is the best way um, that, that I fit into that. Um but there is a there's still challenges sometimes, but if you can find the fit that's going to attract the talent that that they know that you're you're looking out for them, that you want to help them develop, and you can tell that I mean i I'm just talking to you now and I already can kind of feel that from you that you have that like mindset to help and mentor others uh, kind of naturally so. I'm glad that I'm glad that they have you there um, and your team. Uh, I met several of your team members too. And I think, I mean, that's what I got from them too. So I think that they were y'all are recruiting the right people as part of that organization. Um, is there anything else, I guess, kind of that you want to talk about? Is there anything that you're working on or that you want to you know leave our listeners with?
1: I would say no matter what role you're in, I know where, or your equipment is yes, all types of equipment there's just never a cap to learning. So just learn as much as you can and continue to pour into whoever seeks to learn from you. Um, we're never to hold, you know, withhold our knowledge from people. We have it so that we can pour into others and, and make our industry better and make it more understood instead of this abstract, difficult, you know, position to be in. It's really not. So I would say just learn them as much as you can, never stop and always share.
0: Yeah. I I love that. And um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about empowering women in industry. I haven't touched base with you on this. This is an event that we put together. It's um, I guess five years old. It'll be in Chicago this year uh, on October the 5th. It follows WEFTEC. So uh, that water wastewater conference. And we We love it. Again, it's just developing people, bringing people alongside you. Um, I know that uh, Texas has several organizations like that that are supportive, but um, I know you have a couple of women in your organization too, because I've already met them, but you feel that sense of community. Do you have that? And, and I guess, is there any other organizations that you want to mention?
1: Actually, S and B has been so supportive of me, whether it be male or female. I've just seen nothing but opportunity and nothing but help. Um, as far as outside organizations, I haven't I haven't had anyone reach into me or I haven't reached out mm-hmm. simply because internally, like I said, I have I have what I need. Um, and they're always giving me more than what I ever thought I could be doing. And so, like I said, I just continue to learn. And if there's interns or new grads, I continue to help them and come alongside them. There aren't, at least obviously like a lot of females who are interested in engineering. And that's why I want to like bridge that gap. Like, Hey, this is exciting stuff. It doesn't, you know, maybe it's not sexy, but it sure is fun.
0: Right. That's right. And the the challenge, and we've talked about that so many times of how do you make the industry sexy and attract people to it, right? It's about bringing in more people that this is cool. This is awesome. And it's, it's creating those stories, you know, and the more that you see those pumps in action or those compressors or turbines uh, out there working, um, you'll be able to tell those stories and, and kind of create that uh, sexiness to the industry. Um, if you... If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to reach out?
1: They can absolutely uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I don't do a lot of social media. I know that's very not millennial-like,
0: right? It's okay. You can pick one. It's very professional. <laughs> yeah. um, engineers love LinkedIn. So that is the the place to be for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll include that in uh, the show notes, just a link where they can connect with you. Okay. Yeah. I love hearing that um, your organization is supporting you and mentoring you and providing opportunities for others. That is a win. And uh, I love to hear those success stories. So thanks Thanks for sharing that with us. Okay. Before you go, um, I'm going to do a little rapid fire just for fun. Um, What is your favorite book?
1: My favorite book. So I go through seasons of reading like different topics, different genres. Right now I'm on more of a business development. I know that might sound boring, but um, one that was helpful, whether you're young or old uh it's called atomic habits by james clear just the process of being kind to yourself while you learn new habits instead of saying hey i'm a failure no just your process was wrong mm-hmm. like here's how you create better habits you know it's a very gentle way of easing into new habits whether you're young or old you know i so love I'm that really- and i have read that book it's on my shelf over there uh okay, I, should probably,
0: yeah. I should probably read it again actually uh, thanks for the reminder. Uh, okay. So
1: music wise, do you have a favorite song or band that you follow? So I listen to anything from Randy Travis to like Metallica. Like okay. I have this huge range, but I think it might be the fact that I went to rodeo for the first time last year and met Cody Johnson. I think Cody Johnson's going to be my favorite artist and I love his song till you can't. Love it. Love it's, it. Yeah. It's just What you can do now, do it. Because there's going to be one day you can't. (laughs) It's just, it's a great song. That gave me chills. Um, (laughs) Okay. So the best advice that you've ever received. Best advice I've ever received. Let's see. Um, I would say my dad gave me pretty good advice when he said, when I was about 16, he told me, Abby, when I was 16, I thought I knew everything. And then I got to 20 and I said, well, I didn't know anything when I was 16. Now I know everything. And then he said that story at 25 and then 30 and then 35 and so on. And so I took that from him and thought, I'm never, ever going to think to myself. I know everything. Sorry, so, <laughs> but- so true.
0: Okay. If you're bringing in and you are doing this and you, because young professionals coming in, what would you tell them? Uh, what's the advice that you would give them?
1: So coming in, I would say my biggest struggle would be discouragement I was discouraged when I saw everything at one time and I thought there's no way I could learn all of this and be good at it but how do you eat an elephant you eat it one little bite at a time I would just say don't become discouraged um just climb the mountain one step at a time and then one day you end up at the top and you help others come up with you so yeah, I love that. You're yeah.
0: you're such a joy. I'm glad I got to spend this time with you, uh, Abby, uh, as it was. And I just um, uh, everybody connects with Abby. She's going to be a leader in our industry for a long time. I uh, know it. And I just want to say, if you haven't done it already, please subscribe. Make it easy for yourself. Um, share this episode. Uh, reach out to somebody else and lift them up. And until next time, be empowering. See you later.